Tardy Tardis podcast, the only Doctor Who podcast on the net that always talks Doctor Who and doesn't have him appear for just five minutes in the damn episode. My <laughs> name is Mark Turka, and joining me as always, my kindergarten classmate, Mr. Chris Maselli. Chris, what's up, dude? What's up, my man? So, uh, is there something specific that you thought of maybe in the first, like, five minutes of this episode? The first time they showed Elton talking into the camera, is there anything that you thought of from our youth and from our childhood? Uh, nothing came. Nothing came to mind. Blair Witch Project, maybe. No, no. man. <laughs> These are my puppies, and this is my hat. <laughs> it's Pete Sweet. Pete Sweet. That's <laughs> right, Pete man. Sweet. Dude, that is the first. It was because he's got the accent. Yeah, like he's got the British accent. Um, I think it's still on YouTube. If you look up, really, I should have done it. I, I think it is. Completely forgot about that. Oh my god, man! And and the funny thing is, like, that Wait, was. Sweet. I think it was something on HBO when like on demand channels were like big. Uh huh. And and that I don't know. I think we were just like going through HBO on demand, seeing what was on there, and we just put this thing on. And the first five minutes are the funniest thing you've ever seen. I don't think I've ever watched all of it. <laughs> I don't think I because it's just. It's just this guy talking to the TV, and he's, he's doing exactly <laughs> what Elton's doing. He's dancing around. Yep, to he's yellow, talking about his hair. Rocking yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, just YouTube, I guess, Pete Sweet, I guess. I'm sure it would pull up. I think what, it's was, up there. Is Pete Sweet the original like YouTuber then, I guess? Because that's, that's all mean, YouTube videos he, are, right? It's just people I mean, talking to the camera. He might have been ahead of his time. Wow. <laughs> he might have struck gold. How about that? I don't know what that show was. I don't know if it was a one-off, but... Pete Sweet's the man. <laughs> Crazy, man. Well, I'll tell you what this show is. This is the Tardy Tardis. You guys are locked in here for two guys who have no idea anything about Doctor Who. That We're getting through this for our first time. So if it's your first time listening to the show, welcome, my friends. We're glad you could join us. we got a whole slurry of other episodes if you want to go back and check those out. See, I use the word slurry. I don't think I've ever used that mm. in that context. Uh, you can go check it. out those episodes. And, of course, tell your friends. If they're a bunch of Whovians and you want to get them in here uh, and just kind of hear two idiots just talking about Doctor Who, we would love to get more listeners here to the show. But on this episode, Chris, we are talking about Love and Monsters. Uh, this is Season 2, Episode 11, I believe. And I, we always kick it off kind of talking about our overall thoughts of the episode so i'm gonna throw it to you chris with this one where are your thoughts does this continue the trend of episode better than the last best episode ever hell no <laughs> <laughs> not even close no i didn't even have to think about this one man um it's so i i watched this episode a couple times and same thing like is it entertaining sure is it different absolutely uh just in the fact that it's not focused on well i mean it is focused on the doctor and rose but not and, and th they have nothing to do with it i mean it's just a group of like ragtag people who just want to yeah. figure out who they are mm. um and then in kind of like researching the episode and finding some notes it makes i understand why this episode is in the season i don't know how much reading up you did on. i didn't i didn't know no <laughs> so, actually I'm, yeah. admittedly i've only watched this episode once i think it's the first yeah. time we've done the show where i just watched it once and i, I was just good wasn't, like, yeah I just wasn't, yeah I, just, I mean i was good j just coming off of of where we did where we left off just mm -hmm. us going on and on and on about the 
awesomeness that was like the Satan's Pit. I know, man. To this is just like such oh, a stark man. difference. You go honestly, <laughs> you go from like what is probably one of my favorite episodes ever in the Satan yeah. Pit, like both of those episodes, like the Impossible Planet, Satan Pit. To what is I, I'm I think I'm just gonna flat out say it. This is like my least favorite episode out of we've yeah, watched up I to this point. So. I think so. It is. And I think I think if you remember how we were saying last episode with like the Satan's Pit where we could tell someone start there, start with that. If if nobody if you'd never watched Doctor Who before and you and someone was like, if you're gonna turn me on to the show, give me an episode to watch, you would say watch those two episodes. Right. And then you would now follow it up by saying, but don't watch the episode. Right <laughs> don't watch the one right after it. <laughs> Please. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Just, but when we get to the notes, I mean, it'll make sense. It doesn't make the episode any better right. at all. But um, I will say, get used to stuff like this. Okay. Maybe. Okay. At least, All right. At least well, let's go through the plot because that's yeah. one thing we do here. So this is a a it's a three paragraph brief summary coming from Wikipedia. So let's go through it so we can kind of set the stage for the episode and kind of the overarching story throughout it. So here we go. So Elton Pope sees a photograph of the Tenth Doctor taking during a recent alien invasion on Ursula Blake's blog. Elton recalls seeing the same man in his house when he was a child. Elton and Ursula, with three others, form a group who have similarly encountered the Doctor, known as Linda. London Investigation Detective Agency. <laughs> Linda meets in a library basement to discuss their experiences, but soon their meetings become more social in nature. One day, a man by the name of Victor Kennedy, who says he cannot be touched due to a skin condition, interrupts a meeting and points out that Linda has lost focus. He reinvigorates the group's efforts to locate the doctor and his companion Rose by teaching them spying techniques. Elton is given the task of getting close to Rose's mother, Jackie, a little too close. Uh, he manages to meet Jackie at a laundrette and is invited to her apartment. She tries and fails to seduce him, but when she finds a picture of Rose in Elton's jacket, she demands that he leave her alone. Meanwhile, Bridget and Bliss disappear from the group unexpectedly. After meeting, Elton, Ursula, and Mr. Skinner stage a walkout. Victor persuades Mr. Skinner to remain behind, but Elton and Ursula leave. Ursula realizes she forgot her phone, and she returns with Elton, only to discover that Victor is an alien whom Elton dubs in Absorbaloff. The Absorbaloff reveals that he has absorbed the rest of Linda and wishes to also absorb the Doctor to gain his accumulated experience and knowledge. The Absorbaloff tricks Ursula into being absorbed as well, revealing that a single touch is enough to absorb a victim before pursuing Elton. Elton is cornered in a dead-end alley as he re resigns himself to being absorbed. The TARDIS materializes and the Doctor and Rose emerge from within. The Absorbaloff attempts to ransom Elton in exchange for the Doctor, but the Doctor feigns disinterest in Elton's fate while dropping a hint to the absorbed members of Linda. In response, the absorbed members collectively use their willpower to suppress the Absorbaloff, who ends up dropping his cane, and at Ursula's prompting, Elton breaks the cane, which causes the Absorbaloff to melt into the shade, or I'm sorry, into the ground. The Doctor then recalls his first encounter with Elton and explains that he was at Elton's house years ago tracking an elemental shade, but he was too late, and the shade killed Elton's mother. The Doctor is able to bring Ursula back in the form of a paving stone, which Elton starts a relationship with. <laughs> which if you just read to. that out loud to somebody which and they we... had no idea what you were talking about they'd say what the fuck are you talking about like what is happening <laughs> have you lost your mind absorbable oh my god um where to start all I right um, so i guess the first thing i want to ask you is and i think we've talked about this before 
So when when Elton is having like that flashback and he sees the doctor kind of like in his flashback in his living room, kind of just standing there, yeah. it's David Tennant. So Ooh. Dude, you know I didn't that? even think of that. Like, why, why did I not even pick up on that? Like, I, obviously, really? I knew it was him, but I didn't think like, okay, so this is that. It's this doctor. Is it? it that's what. That's my question. I, it is because he like, recognizes so, him. I think because he recognizes him because we've seen where people in the past when they see like this doctor, and he doesn't look the same. Like, who was? Uh, I can't think of her name right now. Who was the old um, partner? Mary Jane. The old companion. Mary Jane. Yeah. Mary Jane. Right. She didn't recognize him, and then until they That's started talking, true. then she did. Okay. So okay. no. So yeah, Elton knows this doctor. This doctor. Okay, that's a good point. Because my question was, when when the doctor changes shape, when things like this happen, do like flashback change the the shape of you know what I mean? Like, yeah, is that possible? But no, you're right about no, the man. Mary so, Jane. That's a so where point. was Rose? I don't know. When does that happen? Is this before or uh, after he's with Rose? I don't know. Oh my god! That's that's the that's my, like the done. one. My head just blew up. <laughs> that that's the one piece of like cool, interesting things that I picked up. Uh, the rest of it is just lunacy. Lunacy, but uh, literally Looney Tunes cool. when they're running back and forth across the hallway in the very <laughs> beginning that. of the episode. Absolutely, absolutely hate that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I was like, okay, and, and that was my other question is like, if this is like the current Doctor, yeah, where's Rosen? Is she must be there somewhere? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We probably will never get an answer on that. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah, but like, um, if, but but hold up though, because the doctor says I went back, so it's even in the past tense for the doctor as well, right? I mean, unless he knows yeah. the future and 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 knows that he one day will go and there will be a shade and the mother will die, but no, like he says, like I went and tried to kill a dark shade in your house, right, right. basically, and your it killed your mom. Essentially, right. is what with the story, right? Is. Right. Hmm. So, I don't yeah, know. So it must have been <laughs> yeah, Rose question. must have maybe was home just hanging out yeah. with Jackie or something like one of her trips back home. I don't know. Could have been that. Yeah. Cause, and we've said before where she goes off on her own and she stays back and she's not, yeah. oh, she's not like attached to the doctor's hip with all these missions that they're on. So that's possible. She was out doing her own thing. Hmm. Um, I thought the, the opening sequence was cool uh, when Elton is kind of running into this warehouse and, I thought that that monster was was really cool looking. Oh yeah, uh, which yep. they give it a name, which I'll. I, I hope we see notes. that thing again. Yeah, I have it in the notes, but um. So and then yeah, just the the running from side to side thing, and in again in the notes, like someone or a viewer didn't like it because they called it too like Scooby Doo, and I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah, it is. Like that is the perfect way to describe yeah. it. And I hate that. I don't know why. I just hate. I just think that's like a cheap way to film something just have people running from one side of the screen to the other. And then they're miraculously in another door. It's just stupid, but it was, it was a good opening scene to kind of like, I thought like that was going to be what they're chasing. Again, the doctor was just so like nonchalant with holding up a piece of meat behind the thing, like <laughs> almost like a dog, like come and get it. Yeah. Um, and then Wrong with bucket. Elton um, talking about, all of the things that we've seen before. That like was cool. The, yeah. Like the Slitheme ship coming in and um, just stuff like that. And I think he was making himself out to be bigger than he really was because anybody could have filmed that and said, I was there for this because right. it all happened in Britain. So in the beginning, I was like, oh, wow, maybe he's like an important thing. But no, anybody that's in this episode, yep. those people could have said, oh, I was there for that. And I was there for that. And I was there for that. You all were because it all happened in the same place. Mm -hmm. 
So what do you think of just, I mean, for me, it was kind of interesting how they all come together kind of with this unified group. So they create Linda, the London investigation and detective agency. And then <laughs> it just becomes like this weird, like, social thing where they get together and then they yeah. form a band <laughs> awesome band. get a little bit cultish like i'm sitting there thinking like are we put, all gonna put on the same sneakers and start drinking kool-aid like what's going on here like i don't understand what's going on with these guys um yeah and then of course yeah. it got destroyed by victor i mean victor, victor kennedy <laughs> like just, who the hell is that guy he's a weird dude weird dude i mean and, how were they not like tipped off by him like when he just a weird person comes raging in with a cane with white hair, doesn't look like he should have white hair. I don't know what's going on right. there with his hair being dyed. And he just kind of takes over the whole thing and destroys all their fun. Yeah, they never ask once, like, where are you from or anything like no. that. I don't think they do. No. But he just has some bad eczema. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch my eczema. I could get him something um, for that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it was just, it was like a fun like love it they they turned into it wasn't seem like they were just doing anything like serious and they had no plan on what to do to no, catch they the just doctor. were all lost they souls just, that just kind of came together yeah they were just like fun. interested in it and then they just formed an awesome family band which was terrible. <laughs> um yeah and then he came in and blew it up and you're right like but they're just the type of people that wouldn't ask questions like that like where are you from yeah or anything like that um except for I, I I liked uh, Elton's love interest. What was her name? Ursula. Moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> Ursula. It literally was Moaning Myrtle from... Is That that must be her real voice, man, right? Totally. I mean, I mean it's got to be because that's the same voice she uses in Harry Potter. Same exact voice. Same exact voice. So, yeah. Uh, she was kind of like maybe like the the backbone of the group because the one time where uh, when, when Elton... What did he do? He oh, with, when he ran into the doctor. So like the beginning scene is played over again, halfway through, and then well, it's not in full. They just let you know, right, you, right, right. You know that it happened, and he's mad at him, and uh, it's Victor, right? Victor, is that what it is? Yeah, Victor, Victor Kennedy. It, yeah, he's mad at him, and he's about to like, I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't know what he's like, gonna do. He smack down on him or something. <laughs> Hit him um, with his cane. Yeah, and she kind of steps in the middle and doesn't let it happen. So now but one by one, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was well. Yeah, what were you say? One by one, take that. One by one, he's kind of like picking them off. So, so they have their group, and they're kind of done with their meeting of the day. And he always asks one of them to hang back, to hang back, to do something. And then the camera goes to the people who are walking outside of the factory, and you know, in the distance, you hear whoever he asked to hang back shriek in terror, but they don't hear it. Not loud enough for them to hear it. Um, so you, I mean, it, you, you know, you know, he's, he's you know, what's going guy. on. You know, there's something but you going don't on. know. I mean, he does appear human. He comes, he has a human form. So you don't really know what the heck he's doing to these people. Is it something like the, in the, uh, the school episode, like when, because everything happens behind a closed door in the show yeah. <laughs> until the end where they have like a big reveal. So, um, does Mr. Skinner have a name or do they just call him Mr. Skinner the whole time? I think it's just Mr. Skinner. Why do they call him Mr. Skinner? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he could be principal Skinner, right? From Simpsons. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was um, funny. But I, what I was going to say about the love interest, because we said, of course, Ursula is a love interest, but right. let's talk about Elton's other love interest, man. And that is our girl, Jackie. 
she she just is robbing the cradle (laughs) and this one she is just hot she is bringing it to elton man she just needs a little bit of love and tenderness i think i don't know and she well they start by like you said like uh elton knows who she is so he goes into like the laundromat yep and uh that was a funny scene where he's like step one you have to do this and then jackie would just do it <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? like you have, you have to establish what the names are and she just turns around i'm jackie by the way like just it was that, that was funny classic jackie that. yeah so she says she needs things done in her apartment so all of a sudden he becomes like jackie's personal handyman and she says something she goes i used to have a guy named mickey that did this were mickey and jackie on the maybe man i did pick up on that too you think she (laughs) she, did she pull the old move or she just spills a little bit of wine and then literally chucks her (laughs) i don't know man not very subtle there jackie no not at all mickey smith she might have had a little something going on with mickey but, I don't know. Um, hey, Mickey, you're so fine, right? I mean, she's probably singing that all day long, Jackie. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Classic Jackie, though. Like, she she yeah. just doesn't, like I said, there's nothing subtle about her. I mean, even that show is, like you said, she's kind of going, just doing everything. Like, she is so loud. She's so obnoxious. But it definitely shows that tender side of her when he leaves the room and finally is like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take one for the team. And he goes mm-hmm. back out and Rose happens to call. And then right. she, you know, gets back to like, the okay, mood, yeah. some the normal changes, scenes, some seriousness, yeah. kind of get away and from that it, silliness. And then it changes for Elton, too. It, like, after that scene, he he was going to leave, and then he's like, you know what? He's like, you need a friend, yep. and let's just be pizza. friends. I'll go get some pizza. We'll be mates. And then during – we'll be mates. <laughs> and, and then uh, he – the whole episode, he's, like, narrating things that are happening. So after that, he kind of realizes like he has a genuine love for Ursula and he's not going to make the moves on Jackie. He's literally going to be a friend to Jackie. But what happens is, like you read in the summary, uh, Jackie felt bad that he was paying all the time for the pizza. So she went to go put money into his coat pocket and finds that picture of Rose. Hmm. And then, then it gets creepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if that was, if that was you, yeah. and, and you'd be like, that's what we're. So yeah, yeah. she tells him. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I think Jackie has every right. Cause and it, you know, it's kind of one of the classic, I mean, we've seen this in how many like, um, you know, those like love movies where it's like somebody is kind of like just having to be with someone and they really don't want to, but then of course they really fall in love. But then the other person finds out the real reason they were there in the first place and it all falls apart. I mean, we've seen that story a million times, but it's always rightfully so, I think. Like, especially right. in this case when it's like trying to rob the cradle. It's like they got no <laughs> right to be together. Like they definitely, no. he needs to be, you know, getting together with Ursula. But now given the circumstances of Ursula at the end of the episode... That I guess I would maybe dub a little bit creepy too, man. Like that is just like, what are we doing here? They they even say they tend to somehow have a love life. Yeah. What 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 are we doing? Like I, I don't even want to. <laughs> like, it's just. I don't know. Yeah, she, she's in, she's in a giant paving stone. That's... I mean, her face is there, I guess, but I'm not even going to speculate about what's going on. But yikes. That is a... That that's like. $199. Who's on top, on, Chris, is all on, I'm saying. I, I don't know. That's a lot of weight if you're on the bottom. This <laughs> is ridiculous. Uh, I don't, we're, yeah. we're done. We're done at that point. Enough yeah. said about that. Um, well, so there's there's two things that I also pulled out of this episode. <clears throat> One is um, Victor. Vincent? Victor. I keep getting it wrong. It's Victor. Victor Kennedy. Victor. 
Victor. So he said when he first arrives and he's t- trying, you know, he's telling the team that he has been trying to catch whoever this doctor is for a while. And then he goes in on Rose. He goes, and this is the person that who was with him. I don't have uh, much information on her. And it says he says something to the fact that like the, the Torchwood file on her is corrupt due to the bad wolf virus Ooh. is what he says. No idea what that means. I mean, we know what the bad wolf right. is, but the bad wolf virus don't know what that means. No, so I mean, that could be Pretty just indications. There's still some bad wolf to be discovered, which I think when we did the episode, either we were thinking that, and I want to say people either on Twitter or somebody said like, that's just a taste. Like we're not all the way yeah, in, we're not all the way right, done right. with the bad wolf. So right. So there was that, and then um, in the kind of like the montage when <clears throat> Elton is is talking about the group and like the origins of the group and like how they went from uh, f- this group of people trying to discover who this person is that translated into a terrible rock band. <laughs> um, like in that montage mr skinner is talking to them and he and he has like like a uh it's not like a dry erase board but it's just like a like board like that and he's he has all drawings on it and stuff and he says he goes he goes i feel like this person is not a man but is a collection of archetypes Hmm. so i don't know if they meant for that to be deliberate uh in in like you being able to hear that yeah. And if that means anything, but I mean, so I'm looking up the definition of an archetype. It's a very typical example, example of a certain person or thing, an original, an original that has been, uh, I guess, intimidated, imitate, yeah, imitated. So an original that has been imitated or a recurrent symbol or motif in literature, art or mythology. Are you talking like an archetype? Is that what you're saying? He says like arcs. He says like archetype is how he says it. Okay. Or, or I guess. Archetype. So wait. So they're referring to Victor Kennedy at that point. No, they're referring to the doctor. Okay. And if you look at his, you can see his board, and it has like different drawings on it. Yeah. They only show it for a split second, but he has drawn different like figures, and he's got arrows going to different things, and I don't know if it means anything, but it was deliberate that they put that just loud enough so you could hear it. Yeah, because because Elton's talking over this while it's like he's narrating while this particular gun. But, you know, so I guess I mean, I don't know, like I, I mean, an know. archetype is more like not necessarily a personality, but it would be like, you know, like there's the hero archetype. There's the shy archetype. There's all those. So I don't know what archetype. So they're, they're probably trying to find all the different places they've seen the doctor to figure out what type of archetype the doctor would be, okay. I would think. And I don't know what he would. I, I mean. If you can even do that, I don't. Right. I don't think you I could because he's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes so, he's very huh? serious. Sometimes he's very goofy. Yeah. So he could be all over the place, <laughs> huh? So interesting. But um, you know what I did like in those beginning scenes? Yeah. You could see they were showing like some of those pictures they had, and they had a picture of like what ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics, and you could see the TARDIS because when they were talking about the box, and they said it's always oh, come yeah, in different yeah, yeah. form like forms, but it's still kind of the same as a box. And right, they just showed yeah. that. And it's like, man, so he went back to like the ancient Egyptians. I don't know if we're going to get there at some point, but I think that would be All cool right. if we got an episode go way back to the past, like even further than we've ever been before and what we've seen. Mm. What do you think of the absorbal off? Yeah, uh, we we're just going to. Yeah. So now we get to. Well, so. 
Ursula and uh, Elton are walking out, and the Absorbaloff, who we don't know who is the Absorbaloff yet, right at this had point, called, called, told Mr. Skinner to stay back. And um, she, Ursula forgets her phone, so when they walk back in, he has a a uh, newspaper kind of covering himself up, but they can see his hands, and he has like these like claw type hands. So then he drops the paper, and he's just this like just this excess lard of just disgusting (laughs) (laughs) and um i don't like so because you didn't do any reading up on it um i'll go to a note thing right now well i'm looking right now at a picture on the wiki page and it says who designed it yeah like a nine-year-old kid a nine-year-old child won the blue peter competition and she made it yeah. Uh, so okay, but I just I loved his mannerisms. Yes. He was so like, who did he? Do you remind you of anything? He was fat bastard from Austin Powers. Like that's exactly that, who he was. was. That and like the way that he kind of talked sometimes was almost like Paul Bear. Like the <laughs> oh, Undertaker. <laughs> uh, but then he like. I don't absorbs uh, Ursula and he just goes, it's like chick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the absorb love actually was the highlight of the episode. Like oh, as absolutely. I was watching it, like, and that comes in what, like the last like 15 minutes. That's yeah, when right I was finally like, all right, now we're into some doctor who like it. That was the moment when then the episode kind of switched where it was like, all right, yeah. now we're into some doctor who stuff here. When, I mean, he's chasing him outside in an alleyway. All I could think about was just how cheesy that looked. How like people standing on the side, watching them film this probably were just like, what the hell? The guy was out in this giant latex suit in the hot sun. Like we're doing some who here people like that is doctor who right there. That I, I remember Jack. Remember Jackass when they had that big guy, that big fat guy chasing, chasing the, midget. the midget around in yeah. like China? That's what it reminded me of. It, but and I love you. You know, we kind of had like some up close shots of like Ursula and Mr. Skinner in his body, and which was actually pretty good makeup. I would love yeah. to see kind of how they did that. That was kind of cool. But then when they would kind of do the far away, you could tell they were just kind of like weird faces on his body. And of course, who was the one that was on his ass? It was uh, the <laughs> other was, girl. Uh, I forget what her name was, but it was just like, oh my God. Glenn or something. Classic. Was it Glenn? I don't know who it was, but he kind of just like rolls over and yep. just shows. <laughs> You're in a better spot than I great. am or something. She it says great. It's great. But then we finally get like some good, like a few good minutes with the doctor and Rose. But when Rose comes out of the TARDIS, she's pissed at Elton for kind of doing Rose's mom dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the absorbable off is right next to him. And he's like, you're you don't see well, this thing right here. You're going to be mad at me. He he did Rose. He did Jackie dirty, but he didn't or, do Jackie dirty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I had to. <laughs> oh man yeah so rose was not happy but then by the end no. of it she's hugging him she's totally hugging yeah. him by the end of it she goes, well see and that's i love moments when we get that when we see the doctor and we see it in the beginning and then we see it later on in the end when we get that flashback scene and it plays that like ooh, like that weird like kind of eerie uh, yeah, as if there's yeah, just yeah. like some mystique to the doctor right. And like right. that's the moment where you're like, okay, there is some seriousness here. And then I love the way they did that because again, it cuts back to that scene. He sees the doctor, and then the camera pans over, and you realize yeah. that it was because the mom had passed away, and the doctor was like upset that he couldn't save his mom, yeah. but he saved him 
at least, you know, I thought that was kind of a, again, this show always is as corny as it can be and as silly as it can be. It gives you that moment. That's just a little bit of heart, a little bit of heart in the episode. Yeah, that was great. Good. Good. And then, like you said, like in the, in the summary, the, the doctor just, I don't, I think it was a play. Like he, he wasn't really going to let her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and then he kind of tips the people off who he has absorbed, like, you guys, you know, want to take him over, you pretty much can. And they just start like pushing and stretching him and getting all taut and whatnot. And And then he just like liquefies and melts. uh, Well, well, no, no, no. He's doing that. He drops his cane. Elton takes the cane, snaps it because the cane is the power and then he just liquefies. Right. So, and the only thing the doctor does in this episode is what he did with Ursula. Like he didn't do anything in this episode really that we've known the doctor to do yeah he kind of say like we're saying you know with the whole cinder block or piece of concrete he manages to save ursula with just her head coming through this thing <laughs> and that's really it yep and and there you go but, oh but the, the part that i was dying laughing at, i don't i like stupid humor like this where uh the doctor's asking the absorber love where he's from. And he's like, I'm the cousins of the slithine or something like that. And he's like, well, you don't look like that. You're not my, you're not on the same planet. He's, he's like, what planet are you from? And he goes, clum. It's <laughs> <laughs> <He goes>, clum. <laughs> clum. You're not on Rexacorco Falfatorius. He goes, no. <laughs> he goes, well, where are you from? Clum. <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh, uh, it was great. I don't know why I love that part, but yep. Uh, I think that's it for me, man. I don't really have much is. more on this episode. No, it's, man, it's 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 kind of a cut and dry episode. Very few to add to the, like the lore and the mystique. Right. Yeah, but I do entertaining. I love that, that big question, though, man. I really want to know when did the doctor go back yeah. for him as a kid? Yeah, I want to know why, that. that that's what, I mean. Was he was he chasing this? What is it called? The the a shade. Shadow? It was like a shade. yeah, an elemental shade. <laughs> Was he just chasing it and happened to come into contact with Elton? Or was he deliberately going for Elton? I don't know. We'll don't find know. out. Just as he so. was at Elton's house years ago tracking an elemental shade. Right. And he was unable to stop it before it killed Elton's mom. Yeah. So All right. What do, you, what do you got for notes? Uh, got a good amount of notes, notes though. So in, in, in the episode commentary, Russell T. Davies noted that in an early draft, Elton had been witness to more events in Doctor Who history, specifically incidents from the 1963 to 1989 run. In this draft, Elton's third birthday party was evacuated because of the Shoreditch incident. Don't know what that is. Hmm. Uh, His mother was killed by a plastic daffodil, and Elton also witnessed the Loch Ness Monster rising from the Thames. Uh, Davies had also considered making the viewpoint character of the story a woman. There's that uh this okay so here is where um after watching the episode and then doing looking at these notes where i get it um and how i said we're probably going to see more of these this is the first modern attempt at a quote dr light episode in okay. these episodes the doctor um in these episodes the doctor's appearance appearances are restricted to only a few select scenes in order to allow two episodes of the of the series to be filmed at the same time. 
This scheduling was introduced with the 2006 season in order to allow production of a 14th episode, a Christmas special, in the same time it took to produce 13 regular episodes. This would become an annual tradition henceforth with a companion light episode, uh, Midnight, I guess is the name of that one, being introduced during the 2008 season. Hmm. So they basically stretched the, stretched out another episode in this season and i almost want to ask the question is it even worth it like you know do you really need to film this episode i don't i mean the one the one thing that is kind of cool i guess about it is that you get to see how other people perceive the doctor and it kind of adds on to that mythology and the mystique of the doctor from the people on the grounds viewpoint i guess if you want to say yeah. or the modern you persons or and that, then you the everyday like person. that almost makes me think remember remember in the uh marvel uh, Civil War comics. There was always that. Yep. Uh, like from the from the viewpoint of the like news, like the news reporters. Yeah. Dude, in Marvels, like Marvels, which is one of the most you know famous Marvel comic graphic novels, and it's even a podcast. Marvels. It's all from Phil Sheldon's <laughs> viewpoint. He's the reporter yeah. when Galactus comes and right, the Fantastic right. Four fights Galactus. Like that is always a cool way to get it so i guess that's maybe what they're doing and it's just if you take it if you look at it from that angle okay right i guess yeah not as entertaining but, as a typical episode because we're all here for the doctor but you know but do, do you think that it needs to be placed somewhere else maybe like at the end of the season just or do you think it needs to be because i don't think it needs to be an annual because, tradition i think is what it is like they're saying this it yeah. becomes an annual tradition no everyone every once in a while maybe but why why make it a tradition like just if yeah. it fits with the story and kind of what you're trying to tell in the lore, then put it in there. But if it doesn't, nah. yeah. All right. Um, so the sequence, this is the Scooby-Doo thing. The sequence where the doctor and Rose chase the, how would you pronounce this? The the thing in the very beginning, H O I X. The hoi. Hoi. Maybe hoi. Uh, hoi. We'll go with hoi. I don't know. Uh, Hoicks like Ren Hoick was that his Hoic. name in, in Ren and Stimpy? Ren Hoick, Hoick. <laughs> uh, they chase him through the corridor line passageways, ending up completely disoriented. Mirrors a running gag popularized by Hanna Barbera's Scooby Doo. Um, on the episode page of the official Doctor Who website, neither David Tennant nor Billy Piper are credited as the Doctor or Rose. They don't even get a credit in wow. this episode. Crazy. Quick uh, uh, quick news alert. It is definitely Ren Hoek from uh, Ren and Stimpy. That is his Hoek. name. H-O-E-K. Okay. We could probably use and that. And this is what? H-O-I-K? H-O-I-X. Hoix. H-O-I-X. Ren Hoek. Hoix. Will we ever see them again? I don't know. I think we, we I hope we do. That That's a good looking monster to only last 30 seconds. Yep. So, um, the doctor apparently was aware of Linda as early as his fifth incarnation. Hmm. How? I don't know. So but, Linda's a thing like Linda. Yeah. I mean, Linda must go back. Wow. I wish it was called Karen. That'd just be so perfect for the yeah. <laughs> I work with yeah. Linda. So that's so weird. <clears throat> um, oh, this was uh, something that I wrote and I got mixed in with my, these notes and not in my show notes. Jackie's when Jackie states that she when she's yelling at um Elton 
when she finds the pitcher. Um, she states that she will like spend her entire life protecting them both. Ooh. Right? So I thought that was big. Tied to the doctor. Yes. She's always kind of like iffy about the she doctor. She got the hots but... for the doctor, though, too. Oh, yeah. She, well, yeah. she did in the very first episode. Remember when yep. Christopher walked in? Yeah. Yep. Here's a question. Uh, Just real yeah. quick to go back to them not being credited. Yeah. Clearly, they know now that they have not been credited. Do you think just out of spite now they refuse to do that just to have that be like a nugget for that episode? Because from talking to some folks after watching this, like that, that are Doctor Who fans that I know, they were just like, that's like the worst episode. Like a lot of people don't like this episode. So right. like, is it one of those things like that's something then that people can at least point to that episode and say that it is something about that episode that is interesting <laughs> yeah. is eh, they're not credited on the website. Like why wouldn't they change well, that? Maybe. Was it just the oversight? I mean, maybe they're in the show. Maybe he doesn't want to be associated with this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, <laughs> Neither one of them are like, no, we were not in yeah, that episode. Just, yeah, we, we don't want to be part of it. Yeah, maybe. Good question. Um, so, okay, that's about the, you know, filming two two shows at once. So we don't have, we can skip over that one. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy's alien life form, known as the Absorbable Off, was designed by, here we go, the winner of a children's competition to design a Doctor Who monster. The winner was designed by nine-year-old Will- William Grantham. Davies said of the monster, I thought the Absorbaloff was brilliant. It touches people, absorbs them, and their face actually appears in their body. It's terrifying. <laughs> um, now, continuing that, according to producer Phil Collinson, Grantham, the kid who designed it, was disappointed with the rendering of the monster because wow. he had envisioned it as being, quote, the size of a double-decker bus. But the production team was never informed of this. Now, if I'm nine years old and <laughs> my probably terrible drawing gets picked up by Doctor Who, I ain't complaining about anything. <laughs> and this nine-year-old had the balls to say yeah. it should have been a double-decker bus. Come on, little kid. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and somebody must that, have interviewed him too. I mean, like, so what do you think right? of your, you know, I your find that interview. I didn't think it's it looked terrible. very good. It wasn't a double decker bus. <laughs> Sucked. <laughs> Put that kid in uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and eat some, uh, some blueberry gum or something. And yeah, run right. Away. Right. Um, the creature that Elton sees at the start of the episode is credited as the, however we want to say it, Hoiks. Hoiks. Hoi. Hoi. Uh, Davies noted in the commentary that the name was invented only after the episode was shot and a name was needed for the credits. Um, Getting into some reviews quickly. Let's see. And and this was such a polarizing. uh, Believe it or not, this got some pretty good reviews. Wow. Some people absolutely hated it, but some liked it. So um, Nick Setchfield from SFX rated the episode four and a half out of five, noting how it finally give, gives Doctor Who a whole new vocabulary as a television program. Uh, he wrote, this may be Russell T. Davies' smartest, funniest script. It's certainly the warmest, and somehow it feels like the most personal. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you got that. Did he not okay. watch The Satan Pit? Like, where I, I were you? <laughs> I think he got hired in between these two episodes. Hmm. IGN. <clears throat> It was always tough in their reviews. Nine and a half out of ten, particularly praising the dialogue. However, uh, they felt that some of the sadder aspects, 
quote, seemed out of place in what would have been a purely lighthearted comedic episode. And that kind of goes to what you were saying, how there's always those like kind of somber moments. And he yeah. kind of feels like he could have done without those. Um, <clears throat> a few more slant magazine reviewer, Ross Rudiger was positive saying that there's no reason the series can't do something this quirky and beautiful when it's, when an inspired mind conjures up a scenario. Rudiger commented on the truths of meeting other other fans on the internet and praised the depths of Jackie's character. I don't know if Jackie's praise character the is depths of Jackie's deep. character. What? He just wants to get laid, man. And then SFX named Love and Monsters as one of the best sci-fi TV mockumentaries, saying that it worked as an example of the genre and was not too bad on rewatch. The article noted that criticisms of the episode ranged from uh, Kay, who played the uh, who played the Absorbaloff, uh, over overreacting and the silly Slithine esque monster, to annoyance at how well lame the members of Linda are. I liked the members of Linda. I thought yeah. they were a pretty cool group. They think that's um, one of the best sci-fi mocu- What other sci-fi mockumentaries are there? What are you going off of? I don't know. I don't know of any that I can think of off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Two more reviews. The scene where Elton says he and Ursula have, quote, a bit of a love life was criticized by some commentators who felt that the uh, resulting implications of having oral sex with a paving slab were unsuitable (laughs) for Doctor Who's large family audience. But Jackie wanting wanting him to take his pants and everything off is perfectly fine. That's okay, you know. You know, traditional male female lovemaking is okay, but male on paving slab. (laughs) And to be fair, all they said is they have a love life. I think was not that's like the actual terms. I think he said. said, So I didn't say we're having a sexual relationship or anything like that. I was like, could just be kissing. Yeah. Right. Sure. Caressing the pave stone. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> the edges. Stroking the edges of the pave the stone. <laughs> Cleaning the, the pave stone. <laughs> Sweeping oh the pave stone. Like, I don't know what else you do. <laughs> uh, and last one, Love and Monsters was placed in 153rd position in Doctor Who magazine's Mighty 200 reader survey in 2009. So out of 200 Doctor Who episodes, this was 153. 153. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and then rating 6.7 million, <clears throat> which is more than Satan Pit, believe it or not. Yeah. But again, we, you know, like we said in the last episode, there's probably reasons why people weren't watching Satan Pit um, because of soccer or football. So 6.7 million, 15th highest watched episode of any program for that week. Hmm. Love and monsters. There you have it. There you go. Well, we do can look forward to next week's episode, uh, which is called Fear Her. Okay. And uh, this episode, I don't know. What do you think of the trailer, man? Or the preview? Kind of looking at the end of it. Is is it's it takes place during the Olympic Games, which hadn't started yet. Hadn't happened yet. Yep. Twenty twelve Olympics. Yeah, and this was two thousand six, two thousand seven. So kind of. it's cool, like to go into the future a little bit, a couple of years. So um, I think it looks cool it, too. Like these kids are, they're somebody's seems to be drawing pictures of them, and then they disappear and like go into yeah. the pictures. Is that what's? Yeah, I, something because at the very end, this little girl draws a picture, 
and she's drawn it super fast. And then the picture kind of like comes to life and kind of like a creepy nightmare before Christmas style yeah. way. So this one looks cool. I think we might bounce back. I hope so. I, I hope so. My, my go-tos, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law said this one and the next one are terrible. I've heard the same thing. <laughs> but then when I saw the preview, I was like, it looks cool. Like I'm in, this looks good. And, and again, and like this one isn't bad. Like it, it's, it's bad compared to what we've seen so far. Right. But was this one still entertaining? Yeah, I got I got some enjoyment. It's just it's not it, it was different. Not Doctor Who it level. Was different. Right? That's yeah. what I'm saying. For me, the last like 13, 14 minutes is when it hit. When the absorbable law finally was revealed, then I'm yeah. like, all right, we're here for right. some who now. Here we go. Yeah. And that was it. But so we'll bounce back. We always do. We always do. But all right, Chris. Well, let's wrap it up there, everyone. Thank you here for tuning in. Of course, like I said, if you are listening here to the show and this was your first episode, go back. Check out our other episodes, and please help spread the word about the show to everyone out there. We want to help spread the word about the Tardy Tardis. Um, you know, we're trying to do things a little bit different than a lot of podcasts, a lot of uh, Doctor Who podcasts. I know go in like they're the experts, and they're going in there, and they know it all. We have no clue about anything that's <laughs> happening in the show. But we are slowly becoming I, – I actually, I don't even want to say we're slowly becoming. We are oh, Whovians now, right? Absolutely, man. I mean, totally. I, can, I think I can say totally. that. Like we, this kind of came out, you know, started off with us like, oh, we'll see how this goes, and then just no, loving we, it. Anno- yeah, we've anointed ourselves. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, help spread the word if you can, everybody. And so uh, with that, Chris, anything else here you want to throw out at the end before it we wrap it up? Like chicken. Clum. <laughs> Clum. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you here for tuning in, and until next time, we'll catch you later. We'll catch you on Clum. Clum.